everybody. You're listening to Dames Not Damsels. Dames Not Damsels. I'm Laura. And I'm Bree. And we have been gone for a while. It's been a long time. But we're back! <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, we've got a, a little bit of guilt racking our brains for, for being absent, and we really appreciate you guys reaching out to us and requesting a, what we're going to be calling a season two. Season two. <laughs> we really do appreciate you guys reaching out to us and kind of lighting the fire for us. Um, it's good to know that you've got lots of listeners and that you guys are um, wanting more. So here we are giving you more. And on that note, today we're going to be talking about women and mental health. Trigger warning, trigger warning. <laughs> Um, we do want to let everybody know that this could touch on some touchy subjects. Um, so if you are sensitive to the subject, you may not want to listen into this episode or you might, and you might want to gain a little insight on like the scientific side of women and mental health. Yeah. I found sometimes when you're going through a hard time, it's, it's hard to have to focus in on these things, but it usually helps. And um, it's it's our goal to provide helpful information and to share some insight into our lives so that you maybe get a little bit of comfort from this if you're going through something along these lines. Yeah, we want to let you guys know that you're not alone if you do suffer from anything that we're talking about. And we also have a helpful little link for you guys. Um, visit locator.apa.org. Um, that's the American Psychological Association website, um, and that's where you can actually find an accredited psychologist in your area. So if you find yourself um, connecting with any of these disorders that we've talked about and you haven't gone and seen anybody, you might want to make an appointment and um, just go get yourself checked out. Any help is good help. Agreed. So what have you been up to, B? Oh, you know... <laughs> Lots of life, and um, one of the reasons why it took us so long to get back on the air and talk to you guys is because I was suffering from major depression and anxiety. Um, both of these things I have gone and talked to both my primary care physician and a psychologist about, so I'm on the track to a better and healthier mental self. Um, so that's kind of what sprung this episode that we're going to talk about is because it really does take a huge hindrance in your life and um, we can use this as a prime example. It's been um, close to a year that we haven't uh, set out an episode. No. Has yeah. it been that long? I think so. No. What's the last episode we did? Yeah, that, that sounds right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's been close to a year that we haven't done an episode. So um, it this is kind of can be used as an example of how a mental health issue can really um, take you back from your normal life and feeling good and doing things that make you happy because being here and talking with you guys makes me happy. <laughs> me too. Me also that. <laughs> How about you, Laura? What have you been up to? Um, well, I've been I've been very busy just, you know, starting a, a new company and working for, for myself and um, that can bring on its own stressors and, and has its own kind of mental health um things that come along with it and so so you're saying you're a boss babe uh, (laughs) (laughs) thank you I like that that's that's a little bit better than what I was gonna say which was overwhelmed (laughs) um but yes I do feel like a boss babe and um but I I need uh needed to come back here and talk to you and um I'm, I'm excited to chat today about some of our coping mechanisms that we've come up with 
yeah this is kind of this has kind of acted as like a therapy for at least for me um being able to just sit here and talk with you Laura and let everybody listen in on our our topics and our subjects and I really love hearing from all of the listeners and your thoughts on each of our episodes Um, this season we're going to try and focus on addressing some of the things that everybody has suggested that we talk about Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah look forward to some really cool episodes from us this season all right all right let's dive in um, so, so some of the things that I, I'd love to talk about is just, you know, I've, I've dealt with anxiety and depression in the past and I've kind of got like this regimen and, and maybe this speaks to how homework based I am and goal oriented <laughs> because when, when I'm struggling with something, I like, I like to create a list and then I force myself to kind of do that list every day. Um, I'm not saying that's for everybody and sometimes it stresses me out that I haven't like checked off an item on my list. (laughs) Um, but I will say that the items in particular on the list have, have helped me out quite a bit. Um, so one of the first things that I have on, on my list of, of things to do in the morning when I wake up, um, especially when I'm going through a hard time is gratitude. Um, so no matter what you're struggling with, there's always at least three things that you can come up with no matter how big or small that you're grateful for um so i like to think about a thing that i'm really really excited about or grateful for and then tell myself all the reasons why i'm grateful for that thing it can be as simple as wow the sun's shining this morning i'm pretty grateful for some warmth or gosh i sure do love this cat (laughs) which okay i I get it that's kind of a nerdy thing but i I really do like my cat so um (laughs) just a cat lady yeah just think about the things that that make you smile and make you happy and then remember why you're grateful for them yeah it's a little self-help and positivity in your day Mm -hmm. always a good way to start the day um yeah i agree with all of that stuff i do think that um self-help is really something that is important especially if you're trying to get through something that you're struggling with and sometimes everybody just has bad days Mm -hmm. um so just because you connect with one or two things in one particular day that we're going to talk about today doesn't necessarily mean that you've got anything but that's why we recommend going and seeing a doctor because they are trained professionals (laughs) (laughs) well and i you know i personally think that therapy is effective and wonderful for everybody um and honestly therapists they're fun they listen to you i know you have to pay them to listen to you but it feels good (laughs) hopefully Um, your insurance pays them (laughs) yeah well yes i'll say that but um i i feel strongly that therapy is is a great thing for for anybody and, and anybody can really um benefit from from going to therapy and and just getting these tools um in your tool belt for when anything comes up yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. It's, it always helps to have somebody not in any type of emotional connection to you to vent to. <laughs> it really helps. Well, and they can kind of get you out of your lizard brain a little bit so that you can see things from a, a more logical and, and disconnected point of view and make decisions from there. Right. Um, so I did a little bit of research and, um, it actually turns out that men and women and their mental health is actually pretty equal. Um, there's not really anything that, uh, you can pinpoint where there's more men with mental health disorders or more women with mental health disorders. Um, but there are different specific types of disorders that women are, um, 
suffer from more commonly than men do um, Mm -hmm. and vice versa. So the ones that I have that I kind of wanted to touch on today for women that women suffer from a little bit more is number one, depression, number two, anxiety, number three, PTSD, so post-traumatic stress disorder, and also for eating disorders. Um, And Mm -hmm. that goes both ways. So those are kind of going to be the four that I talk about mostly. Um, But yeah, so... Pretty much all all four of these, um, what I was reading as far as like a biological sense is they center around women and their um, desire to keep things in. So their desire to not really um, say how they're feeling openly because they're constantly told to not say something or they grow up in a world where... Um, men are encouraged to be loud and boisterous and women are encouraged to be quiet and courteous. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I think that that's kind of interesting because all four of those things, when you're keeping emotions in, those four things definitely are are big deals. I mean, number four, the the eating disorder, disorder, that's a little bit more of a vanity thing, Mm -hmm. um, which is also seen as as more feminine. But um, women are not the only ones who struggle with it. They're just the most commonly spoken about. Yeah. Um, I, I actually just recently um, saw an interview uh, with a, somebody who's, who deals with mindfulness. And he was asked, why do you think that, you know, so many people struggle with insecurities, particularly with their body? And the response was, well, we try to, you know, keep all of our insecurities in and, and hide them but your body is outward, your body is visible. And so um, that's that's one of the things that we try to control because other people can see that while some of our other things that we struggle with, we can keep deep, deep buried down inside so no one looks at it. Um, and, and that made a lot of sense with, for me. I, th- I think that we, um, we're all trying to kind of look like we've got it all together. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, another thing that I read is that women take on a lot of stressors that men don't necessarily take on. And now this isn't to say all women do more than men or anything like that, but um, another subject that was that was talked about that I was seeing in the research that I was doing was that um, women take on the responsibility of more household chores, things around the home, taking care of the family, and women are also more apt to take care of elders in the family as well, which mm. also adds additional stress, which causes built-up depression and anxiety. Um what I've noticed is that depression and anxiety sometimes go pretty hand in hand with each other. Um, both of them are caused by pretty similar things. And so, um, yeah, I felt, I thought that that was kind of interesting because where it's not necessarily always, always women, um, it's interesting that that actually with research and stuff like that has been something that's been kind of touched on is that we have a, we feel like we take on more, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, that that was interesting. That kind of comes into like the keeping things to yourself, feeling feeling overwhelmed, but not really wanting to talk about it or yeah. tell anybody. Well, and I think it's it's great to help out family members and to help out the people around you and to take these things on. But when you're overwhelmed, say something, ask for help, mm-hmm. um, and that's not that's always a difficult thing to to kind of get used to. Yeah. Um, I think I've I think I've struggled in the past with just always wanting to be the person that's got it together and the shoulder to lean on, but you're you're allowed to to need help too. Yeah, for sure. 
So, um, something that I saw from Deborah Serrani, she's a PhD um, and an associate professor at the Derner Institute of Advanced Psychology Studies at Adelphi University. I hope I said all of that correct. Um, what she was saying is that some one in five American adults will experience a mental illness during his or her lifetime. Um, that's according to the National Alliance on Mental Illness. But men and women, like we were saying, they're prone to different disorders. Um, so where women more so lean towards anxiety and depression, um, men actually lean towards anger and substitute substance abuse mm-hmm. um, and antisocial problems. So um, what I what I had read is that the reason for the substance abuse and the antisocial disorders and stuff like that is because men feel this obligation to be more masculine and to not let things affect them so they kind of do the same thing that women do where they internalize certain things and lash out mm-hmm. um so it's just interesting to see how it affects the two different brains so so differently yet so common mm-hmm yeah, I think it's just a different reaction to the same thing. Um, and and more so than it being a difference between the genders, it's a difference between how the genders are socialized and how they're supposed to do, supposed to react or supposed to be. But if we could kind of be more true to ourselves and, and um, share with those around us how we're feeling, right? We, we wouldn't be experiencing some of these things. Um, so... What it was saying as far as um, depression and stuff like that is uh, Dr. Sarani had also mentioned that women also live longer than men on average. Mm -hmm. So we have more of an opportunity to experience uh, bereavement and um, those types of issues. So that might also be another um, factor in women being more prone to depression is because with a longer lifespan, you're going to see more and experience more. Mm-hmm. Um, now, of course, that's on average. Again, all of this is very generalized. Um, but another thing that I saw that was actually pretty interesting is um, this is all just recorded studies. So what somebody had brought up and kind of touched on is that maybe there's just not enough men reporting it. Like, mm-hmm. they feel sort of like a shame in reporting that they feel these things and experience these things. Um, and I know I've experienced firsthand um, mental disorders, mental health disorders in men that don't want to go and see a doctor. Yeah. They feel they they feel too almost exposed to somebody that they don't know. And it's already difficult for um, those people to share that type of thing with somebody that they're close to much less somebody that they have no idea who they are right. um so that was that was something that I kind of th- that triggered me a little bit was okay well maybe it's just not being reported mm-hmm. maybe they're just not they feel some sort of disconnect with actually going and talking about their problems and I think that makes a lot of sense um I I know you know, it was the most difficult part of, of this this whole experience for me was deciding I need help, but also actually making the appointment. Mm-hmm. Therapy is easy. Making the appointment is difficult. Um, so I could I could definitely see, you know, that that being a hindrance, not not sharing that that's going on for you. That makes more most sense, actually. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I actually 
the reason that I even went in is because I, I did notice that I was sad and that I wasn't feeling right. Um, but I actually experienced the anger part of it where everything was setting me off. I was constantly irritated. My poor little two-year-old would do something and it would set me over the edge and I would be so angry and I knew deep down that I didn't need to be that angry that I shouldn't be that angry but I really was Mm -hmm. um so that's really what got me in is I didn't want to feel that anger I didn't want to have anger turn into any kind of like resentment or anything like that so when I went in I finally scheduled my appointment after months and months and months of not wanting to, not wanting to, being afraid to. Um, I finally set the appointment. I went in and she had me take, uh, my primary care physician had me take a couple of little written tests, um, literally just over a two-week period of how I felt and um, what was happening in my daily life. And I was surprised to see that I was in the major depression and major generalized anxiety disorder Um, stages and I cried when I left I cried yeah (laughs) because it's hard to hear that it's hard to hear that you've got something how I felt at the time I I felt like I had something wrong with me Um, and although it is such a common thing it it's not talked about often Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like it should be talked about more but it's not and so when you hear something like that when you hear in your brain that you feel like there's something wrong with you it's hard to cope with yeah Um, so it did take me a little bit of extra time also to even set an appointment to go see a psychologist but I knew I needed to Um, I knew I needed to go and actually have somebody poke and prod a little bit more at me um, to figure out what exactly was causing it I think that takes a a lot of bravery and um, I really want to thank you for for sharing that with us and for for being willing to share your story because I think too many people don't do that and we all kind of feel like we're going through this thing alone but it's something that we all are going through just a little bit under the surface yes and having a support group is really important too I mean I I definitely didn't go through it on my own I, I did have people who were telling me that they noticed that I was being different were telling me that um, something might be wrong um, and encouraging me in a in a very positive way to to actually go and get seen so having a support group of friends and family that kind of had had an idea of what was going on the whole time really helped mm-hmm. um, but I also feel like if you do think that you're doing it on your own and you don't feel comfortable talking to a support group about it um, of close friends and family at least go and talk to a therapist yeah definitely um, do you have any uh, kind of coping mechanisms that, that you've developed? So I do. They're all fairly new. Mm-hmm. Um, but meditation and oh, in yeah. my case, yoga. Yoga really has become kind of a meditation thing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I downloaded this really cool app. This isn't me doing this for sponsorship at all, but I wish that I was. <laughs> the app is called Down Dog. <laughs> Get at us, Down Dog. Yeah, Down Dog is really cool. They actually, um, it's a paid thing. The first two weeks are free. 
Um, but it walks you through yoga and you get to like pick your experience level and, um, you can pick between like a full session of 30 minutes. You get to pick the cool music that plays in the background and it's just really chill. So what I do is I'll go into my bedroom or into a quiet space in my house. I'll sit with my yoga mat. I'll do my yoga and just kind of center and focus on my body and the, the feelings that I'm having and letting go of the day, basically. So when I have a really tough day, it's really nice to go in and um, just kind of find a center in myself. Um, And that has kind of become my meditation. I've tried just sitting and meditating and that's not something that really works for me. Mm -hmm. But I think that everybody can find their own type of meditation that really connects with them. Um, First of all, I love that. Yeah. Um, I I love meditation and I love yoga. Um, I love them separately. I started um, doing yoga before I, be- I really had done a meditation practice. Um, and you just feel better afterwards. It, it, you get inside of your body. And um, honestly, probably a lot of the, the exercise endorphins get you there, um, which is nice. But now that I've c- kind of combined the two, it's been, been really um, transformative. Yes. So yeah, girl, let's yeah. go to yoga together. Let's do that. <laughs> let's down dog together. <laughs> you got it. Um, so another, we've talked a lot about depression and anxiety. I kind of want to touch on the other two um, most common women's mental health things, and that's PTSD and eating disorders. Um, I feel like I kind of have suffered from eating disorder, but in the opposite sense. So... Mm-hmm eating more than I need to to find happiness or to cope with something um it's really common and I feel like it's something that may have stemmed from like a postpartum depression type of thing because Mm -hmm. it really started happening after having my daughter but um yeah there's definitely two different ways to look at the eating disorder thing It, it people could be not eating or um, purging and stuff like that, or they could be overeating. And I, I think it's funny that that's seen as a women's disorder, but really there's, especially with overeating, there's a lot of men that are in that same boat. And mm-hmm. I think that that also comes down to the who does and who doesn't report it. Yeah, certainly. Um, I definitely notice that I regulate my mood with food and I think I think you know that that makes sense you know you're tired and and um having a hard time getting through the day you reach for fuel right that's mm-hmm. that's kind of a, a survival mechanism but I I definitely am like hmm I'm grumpy I think that I'll have sugar <laughs> chocolate I, yeah I think that I'll physically put these chemicals inside of me to to kind of regulate the way that I'm feeling in the moment and I can see how that could spiral out pretty quick um if you're not careful so I I have started to pay attention to the fact that I that I kind of get grumpy I get that hanger feeling mm-hmm. and um I I'm trying to to really eat like full meals before I get to that point so that I'm not right. grabbing that unhealthy quick fix um, 
Well, and it's hard too because the unhealthy food, especially like chocolate, not only does the sugar provide endorphins for women, but also the chocolate itself. Mm -hmm. Literally, there's scientific research based on how chocolate affects a female's brain and makes them feel good. (laughs) And everybody likes that feeling. Everybody wants to feel good. So when they've had a bad day or something like that, they're going to want to go grab a glass of wine and a piece of chocolate. I mean, that... (laughs) that sounds real great to me right now but (laughs) um yeah it's it it is really easy to find the quickest thing and that's another thing that fast food restaurants I feel have really capitalized on Mm -hmm. because I know when I have a bad day at work I don't want to come home and cook a giant meal I want to be able to just grab something and go home and relax Mm -hmm. um and that's kind of like the the cycle the overeating cycle yeah definitely um I'd like to share another coping mechanism at this point that I've kind of found. Um, There are some really excellent mental health apps out there. Um, One in particular that I love is called Super Better. And the reason I love it is because it is one of the nerdiest apps that you can get. Um, Essentially, you are this character within this game and you level up and you have to do all these tasks and there's a quest that you complete um, and bad guys, right? And the so um, with Super Better, you can kind of become your own hero and set a goal. Um, but within each of those quests are things like, today, I'm only going to eat healthy food. Um, and once you've completed that, you hit done. And it like um, gives you kind of like a ta-da, you did it sound. So um, it's an RPG for healthy lifestyles. For healthy lifestyles and for mental health. Whoop, whoop. Um, <laughs> so you get, you get that brain rush of having played something... Y- you know how it feels when you're playing a video game and you and you win, right? It feels good. It's it's fun. Unlock those achievements. Yep, exactly. Um, and then there's some some science behind how playing um, is really good for your mental health, and it kind of takes you outside of your life, um, and it's it's you're less likely to be hard on yourself when you're in play mode. Um, it it has a couple of features on it where you can kind of create your own quests. Um, I feel like I'm happiest when I'm doing something ridiculous so one of (laughs) one of the things that were were on my quest mode was like high five a tree and I just like (laughs) I felt like that was the most ridiculous thing I could do but I went outside I high fived a tree I like jump high fived a pine tree and it just felt so silly but also so fun and I like felt kind of an endorphin rush and like was able to laugh at myself and those moments of laughter and getting outside of like that depression funk can just feel so good and um the longer that I use this app the the less I need it and the less I I feel kind of in that fog yeah I it kind of is like a secret motivator I guess mm-hmm. um playing a game you're not really thinking about it but you really are you're motivating yourself to unlock the different prizes and achievements and hear the little boo doop <laughs> <laughs> I did it yeah so I I yeah, that's awesome. I'm going to need to go and download that app now. Yeah, you should. It's uh, Again, for the listeners, it's called Super Better. Super Better. Um, and then the other one is PTSD. So I don't have a ton of experience on this one. I have small bits of experience. Mm-hmm. Um, this is kind of one of the ones that is a lot more of a touchy subject. Mm-hmm. Um, but PTSD is found in different forms. So it's not just actual like 
wartime, when you think PTSD, you think of somebody that came back from war and has seen awful things and is reliving that experience. Well, it also um, comes with uh, sexual abuse and abuse at a younger age from parents, kids, bullying, things like that. PTSD is, there's so many forms of it. Yeah. And one of the things that I read is that the reason why PTSD is a larger thing for women is because we experience a lot different um, forms of it, especially with sexual abuse and things like that. The statistics show um, that women are more likely to be sexually abused and that that might be one of the key triggers or reasons why PTSD is more common in women. Um, And it could also be why it's reported more is because women are more likely to um, go and see a doctor. It's not necessarily that they're going to do it right away, but it's something that they eventually might do. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a tough subject. It's something that nobody really likes talking about, yeah. um, especially because it stirs up unwanted memories. It stirs up unwanted feelings and self-doubt and... What's funny is the abuse that I experienced, um, I didn't want to talk about it. I didn't want anybody to know about it. Mm -hmm. So I internalized it, and I feel like when I was younger, after it had happened, it definitely set the tone for my depression. Um, It took me two years to even tell my own mom what had happened. And at that point, it's too late. I mean, there's not, not necessarily that it's too late, but you can't you can't go to the authorities two years later and talk about something. You can't um, file a police report and have something done about it two years after something happens. And it's kind of become a bit more of a, um, more of a talked about thing, especially in the media right now. Yeah, the Me Too movement has really gotten this kind of out in the open. Yeah, absolutely. And and it's hard for all of those. I mean, look at all of those people that were so afraid to say anything, but they saw one person do it and it gave them that bit of confidence to, to report it themselves. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's just incredible. It is really incredible to see what exactly is happening in the media and in Hollywood right now, especially um, with women and, and finally speaking up. Right. Um, this one's rough. This one. This is a this is a tough one, and I, I think um, women find themselves sometimes even protecting uh, family members or friends because you know, they have these, these close relationships with them and so they don't speak out to keep that person from harm or to keep um, other people that know them from harm. And it's it's really, it's a shame because rather than doing something about it and, and pointing that blame to the people who, who, do, who make the wrong, um, you're instead feeling those feelings of guilt and, and hurt within yourself. And it's it's pretty it's pretty easy to um, to logic out like it's not my fault I didn't do anything wrong, but internally those feelings of guilt and the way that you kind of behave are still there. Um, and and so if you're not really ready to to you know point point any fingers, 
um, I really suggest telling either your, your close support group, you know, what's happened to you and sharing with that. And you'll probably honestly get a me too from them. Mm-hmm. Um, but also going to therapy, um, your, your therapist, if they're good, they're not going to make you, you know, out anybody if you're not ready to, but they will give you the tools to understand some of, some of the behavioral patterns that you've maybe gotten from, from having gone through this and help you make some choices and changes in your in the way that you're thinking that can really help you get through these tough times yeah and it it, it's always hard when you feel like when you feel like you're not going to be embraced when you feel like somebody's not really going to a believe you or b be on your side about it Mm -hmm. Um, especially when it's somebody that um, is known for good things again going back to hollywood look at all of these people that everybody thought were wonderful everybody loved and adored these people and it's really hard for some to to accept it to accept that that person is is capable of something like that mm-hmm. so i th- i think that that kind of plays into the wanting to keep it to yourself the the internal anxiety of speaking about it mm-hmm. Um, yeah, if you guys can't notice, this one's <laughs> a little difficult for us to, for us to talk about because it is uncomfortable. It's, um, it's a very sensitive subject, but this is another one that we really, really, really strongly encourage you guys to go to the locator.apa.org, um, and find a psychologist in your area and to talk about, um, they won't psychologists and therapists are both trained to speak to you about things and not judge you have an unbiased opinion and they also won't report it unless you want them to if it's something that's putting somebody else in danger then they'll report it but they don't they don't judge you and they don't tell other people like that's just between you and that person Mm -hmm. and it feels good to have not just a wall to talk to like an actual person that you don't have to worry, we'll, we'll talk. Exactly. Um, so at this point, I'll share another coping mechanism. Coping mechanisms. <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> sound, Let's lighten this mood. Yeah, Soundbite that one. Um, so what do I do when I'm having a hard time? Um, like any good nerd, I read. I, um, I found, that first of all, that... Since I was a little kid, reading was the thing that got me through anything. I, it just it makes me happy. It makes me feel good. Um, and I've noticed that when I'm having a hard time, I stop doing the things that I love. And so I once I realized these things, I sat down and I wrote a list, naturally, of the stuff that I do when I'm happy and, and that I love to do and that um, maybe is going uh, missed. And reading was one of those things. Um and then I, I also like to problem solve, and so I start picking up books about um, anxiety or about depression or about familiar, familial, that's a hard word, familial, familial relations. Famil- um, familial? One of the books I picked up during this time was uh, Confidence Code, and I, I think I've talked about it actually on the show before, but it's a, it's a really awesome book for, for women in particular. Um, it, it kind of helps you realize that you could be 
could be doing a little bit more and like pushing through those tough times and really speaking up for yourself and um, especially in the workplace. But one of the the really interesting things that I gleaned from that book was about um, the science behind some of the things that we may be experiencing. So um, they they actually talked about uh, 23andMe, which is a DNA test that a lot of people are doing to kind of figure out, you know, where their family comes from and um, maybe some of the the genial traits that they might have. And during this research, this is crazy, they actually found um, that your unique DNA experience may be affected, um, affecting your mood and your, your likelihood for depression. Um, so there are specific genes that control your serotonin levels in your body, um, as well as oxytocin levels, and even like how much worry that you have. So for instance, the gene SLC6A4 is a gene that controls your serotonin, um, and it's, it's basically the, the basis of many antidepressants. Um, but for some reason, the finding out the science behind this and knowing that it's like not my fault that I may be experiencing something, that, that it's like all been mapped out for me makes me feel good. <laughs> yes. And I don't know if that's true for everybody. I don't know if um, if kind of, you know, the science deciding your fate feels good or not. But for me, it's it's nice to kind of logic all the reasons behind some of these things. I definitely agree. I actually, my mother-in-law just went and did that. She just did the 23andMe, and she also did another one. I just can't remember the name of it, mm -hmm. um, but it, like, traced back all of her ancestry and stuff like that. So that, that's really interesting that it that it kind of touches on, like, your genetic disposition to, to different mental disorders, yeah. mental health disorders. Well, and I think that this was discovered by accident. I don't, I think that, you know, people were just kind of reporting this in their, their history and they were able to kind of pinpoint 15 different areas on your, on your uh, DNA that, that could point to this. That's crazy. Which is so cool. <laughs> that's crazy. Mind blown. <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. So as like a coping mechanism, you can go and you can take a look and see whether or not your life is affected by your ancestors. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Thanks Grandma. <laughs> Classic Grandma. <laughs> Passing down recipes and her <laughs> DNA disposition. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah, that's awesome. I think that everybody should go and look at that. And if nothing else, I mean, I feel like it's still interesting to know, like, about your past. Yeah, mm. I mean, I love to nerd out on that kind of thing. Um, I think we have so many stories about where we come from that it would be cool to either prove true or to just find out that that was total nonsense. Yes. <laughs> um, which actually, well, I was gonna, I'm just going to lead right into another coping mechanism. Coping mechanism after coping mechanism. Let's, Let's just cope through this episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, another thing that I've, I kind of have on my list is curiosity. I think that staying curious about things, um, it just gets your, gets your neurons firing. It takes you out of that depressive state. And there's, there's a kind of joy in wonder, wondering what, you know, whoa, I, those were all almost words that I said to you. <laughs> um, I think just just a sense of wonder can can really take us out of our heads and, and um, bring us joy. 
and that's that's kind of all that we're ever really hoping for anyway so new experiences new experiences help yeah new experiences wondering about our our own stories wondering about other people's stories um wondering what what genetic what genetics have been passed down that gave you your current makeup s- your current <laughs> makeup and your current uh life that you're in um but i just think that it's such a such a wonderful thing and um it's something that i forget about but that i love when i'm i'm having a hard time well and they also say that your brain changes when you learn something new totally so that's that's another really cool thing to like the actual physical appearance of your brain changes when you learn something new Mm -hmm. so that's also another cool thing that you can geek out on (laughs) yeah i mean just getting your neural pathways firing in a different way um can make you feel better and and different so you know trying yoga Mm -hmm. um is a good way to get that firing actually even just doing your your daily habits a little bit differently like if you're right-handed if you brush your teeth with your left hand you can kind of feel your brain going what is this (laughs) and it creates new neural pathways um that that can help rebuild and 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 uh get your brain firing the way you'd like it to be firing yeah i actually on the same line i've actually started trying to create new daily habits Mm -hmm. um healthy daily habits of course um i've tried um or at least i am trying to kind of create like a regimen for my night Mm -hmm. so doing my yoga slash meditation and then getting up and whether it be taking a nice warm shower to kind of wash away the day and um, putting lotion on my face, making sure that I <laughs> I am healthy. Sorry, the cat's taking my microphone away. This cat is head, bu- head bumping her microphone and <laughs> she's just been chasing it around for this whole, whole dialogue. Um, yeah, so just creating new healthy habits things that make me feel good and they don't take a whole lot of effort literally putting lotion on my face like that's something that's so simple but guess what it feels good it feels like i'm giving myself a tiny massage on my face (laughs) good for you i love that yeah getting a little bit of self-care in yeah so small things help too it doesn't even have to be huge drastic i'm gonna go hike up mount everest because i've never experienced it before but you should though yeah you should also do that let's do that (laughs) (laughs) so basically moral of this whole entire episode is we're all we're all in this together Mm -hmm. and support can be found in places that you didn't even think that you could find it and coping and finding things that help you feel better are literally everywhere they're at your fingertips they're on your phone there's so many apps to help you Mm -hmm. um if it's something like watching cat videos that makes you feel better watch a freaking cat video in the morning (laughs) and make yourself feel good set yourself up for success in that day yes (laughs) um but yeah that that it's it is common you're not alone in it and it's important that you share it and um, and make yourself better for it. Totally, I'm. I agree. I think that that um, that everyone can benefit from from sharing their story, even if it's just one on one or or um, just reaching out and asking for help, or even just saying, "Hey, I really appreciate you as a friend. Here's this cat video I watched because I had a hard day. Bet it'll help you too." For sure. <laughs> for sure. 
Me um, and Laura actually will send each other random text messages telling each other to have a great day and that they're the best and that we love each other just because. Yeah. And guess what? It makes our day every time. It totally <laughs> does. Both receiving and sending it feels good and it's just that little extra oomph for for the day the little boost love your friends yeah yeah (laughs) so this was a pretty raw episode we hope that you guys enjoyed it and that you guys um have some positive takeaway from it um and we'd really love to hear your feedback and Mm -hmm. if you want to share your stories or experiences with us please do um don't feel obligated but we do love hearing your guys's feedback yeah, and, and feel free to reach out to us individually or, or directly if you're not ready to share your story publicly on any of our social media feeds. We'd, we'd love to hear from you and kind of have that dialogue um, interpersonally as well. We, we think that um, talking about it is super important, and um, we know what it feels like to have somebody be a listening ear, so we'd love to be that for you. Absolutely. Our arms are open to you. Let <laughs> us love you. Because we do. We love you. <laughs> Awesome. Thank you for listening, guys. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next time on Dames Not Dancels. Bye.